Hello, everybody. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. I am your host, Michael Lombardo. And like always, I am pumped. I'm excited to be here with you today, as well as with my guest. I know you guys will really be enriched by this time here. For those of you who are listening to Awaken Podcast every single week, we uh, release a show every Monday and Thursday. I have teaching shows where I share testimonies and dive into the Word of God, as well as um, have incredible speakers, missionaries, pastors, leaders from all over the world, authors sharing from their heart and what the Lord is doing in them, you know, prophetic and, and, and relevant messages right now for the body of Christ. And so, um, like always, I want to open up in Scripture, and I felt in my heart to open up with Psalm 27 verses four through six. So I'm going to read this to you. This is out of the NASB Bible. This is Psalm 27, four through six. And it goes like this. This is the psalmist. And he said, one thing I have asked from the Lord and that I shall seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will conceal me in his tabernacle in the secret place of his tent he will hide me and he will lift me up on a rock. And now my head will be lifted up above all the enemies that surround me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing. Yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. This, this scripture just brings so much joy to my heart right now because it is a passion of my life more than ministry, more than, um, works, um, even great exploits that, that, that we can do in the power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit, preaching and sharing the gospel and podcasts and books and all these amazing things that can come out to edify and encourage a body of Christ. More than anything, eternal life is knowing him. And if we live in love, we're just dwelling upon his beauty. More than anything, we want his presence. More than anything, we want to know him, abide in him, walk with him. And even in days of trouble, and we're in times of trouble, there's things happening all over the world. Even in times of trouble, he will conceal us in his tabernacle, in the secret place of his tent, and he will lift us up on the rock, which is Jesus Christ. We could have shelter from the storm and we could rise above our enemies and we will sing shouts to the Lord. And so I just felt this in my heart as I was praying into this episode, especially because the guests that I'm having on today, I feel like this is very relevant. But um, Michael and Larissa Miller, um, they started a prayer meeting in a small upstairs office space overlooking downtown Dallas in April 2010. From that initial meeting in the upper room, God has birthed the movement of prayer and worship that continues today called Upper Room. And Upper Rooms have been planted around the United States and internationally. The Millers are passionate about building vibrant community marked by and centered on encountering the presence of Jesus. <laughs> I just feel the presence of the Lord even right now as I'm as I'm sharing this scripture in the bio. Michael has been a full-time ministry since 2001. He's got um, an amazing wife and four beautiful children. Uh, Michael Miller, thank you for joining me on the podcast today, man. Oh man, thank you for having me, Michael. It's an honor and uh, that scripture it gets me every time. It's such an amazing text. So thanks for starting out with that and having me on the Awaken podcast. Really honored. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's an absolute joy. I went to, um, you know, I know I, I want to get into this first, actually, you know, uh, for all my guests who join me on the show, I like to hear their story and how they encountered the Lord for the first time. And I know, especially you have, a, you have a passion for prayer, you know, um, leading this prayer movement. And I know it all starts somewhere. A passion for prayer and intimacy begins with being marked by the Lord at some point in our life. And so can you just 
maybe give us a glimpse into um, how you first encountered the Lord and, and what started this Upper Room Prayer Movement. Right. Man, that's a loaded question. I, uh, I grew up a Church of Christ kid, so I jokingly say I was born um, in a Church of Christ because my upbringing, really all I remember uh, was church three, four times a week. Uh, but it was, it was, it was fairly religious. And so in my teenage years, I really, really got away from the Lord and saw through a lot and just missed him in the confines that I was told to engage him in. And, uh, I ended up going to a Christian university to play baseball. And, uh, my junior year, um, I was taking Maymester macroeconomics for the third time, which Wow, I really had a hard time with macroeconomics, <laughs> and uh, and I was alone though for the first time in an apartment. My roommates were gone. I was setting up for my senior year, and I had a sovereign encounter with Jesus. I heard my name audibly in my and in, in my heart. I knew what was happening, and uh, and man, I've never been the same. I told the Lord. Um, I had made promises and attempted to follow him before. And I made one promise to him that night. I said, I will, I will wake up in the morning and pursue you. <laughs> That's all I knew to offer him was, was tomorrow. And, uh, that was, that was 97. So that was, um, going on 22, three years of giving him tomorrow. And, uh, I try to still take that posture even today. And the journey that I've been on is just to discover the one who encountered me that night. And uh, I ended up meeting the Holy Spirit about um, seven years later, uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit, and went on a journey. Uh, was a pastor in the Churches of Christ. And kind of with any denomination, I think you never know what's behind the sign. Like it can say Church of Christ, but on the inside, it may this one was actually more charismatic and open to the gifts of the spirit. And and so that was a major formative part of my journey. But when I learned that the presence of God, so the Holy spirit gifts, power, all that stuff I was awakened to. But when I realized that the presence of God or the spirit of God was actually God, <laughs> like, yeah. like uh-huh. the presence of Jesus is Jesus. And I, I, I was so touched by that. And I realized prayer was a means to commune with him, to encounter him. And so I, I kind of began that that's what led me into the prayer component and, and ran with some guys in various prayer streams, but, but was really moved uh, by the prayer movement because it was unto engaging the presence. So it, it served that end. And, uh, and so I've just been exploring now since probably 2005, uh, how to host God, how to create communities that are first and foremost attracted to him. And I've realized as a leader that if, if I can accomplish that, then, then that is actually the best way to serve people. Um, that people were made for that, that he, when he comes, he's ready to encounter people and leaders that are sensitive to that, creating space for the presence of God to come and rest, man, is, is, is really transformative to communities and I believe cities. So that's, that's kind of my heart, man. Yeah, absolutely. I love that with all my, when I, when I encountered Jesus for the first time at 19 years old, 
I just fell in love, man. I was just head over heels. I had no clue God was that good. I was a drug addict. I was a hedonist. I was a pleasure seeker. And then I encountered, I encountered the glory of God in my room, man. And I realized that everything else was a counterfeit. It was all just a deception. It was all a counterfeit of the greater, of the true authentic glory and presence and the pleasure of God that we could experience. And Anyway, man, that's why I love what you guys are doing over there at Upper Room. When I was when I was attending uh, Christ for the Nations Institute, you know, we're both in Dallas. I remember hearing from close friends of mine about what was going on at Upper Room. It was a lot smaller then. Um, this was years ago. It was 2008, 2009, uh, yeah, 20, uh, And, um, you know, since then, it's accelerated so much. It's exploded on YouTube. So many people around the world know about Upper Room and your know, worship's going out everywhere. But what did the <laughs> what did the beginning days look like? I know what it looks like now, and I kind of got involved a little bit later. And man, it's it's beautiful because I know you were you know a, a pioneer in all of this. But the movement represents you know the leader as well. Like it's your heart shining forth through this movement. I would love to yeah. hear. I'd love to hear about the beginning days because people know what's going on now. It's exploded, man. It's it's a beautiful thing. But how did it start? No, that's a great question. I, I uh, um. We, we we started, we had an invitation, and you kind of mentioned it in the bio, that uh, it was a prayer meeting in downtown Dallas. Uh, it was in a homosexual district it's called Oak Lawn, and uh, the business leader had a vision to open up a, this back portion of his corporate offices for worship and prayer, and he, he described it as an upper room that was on a second story and overlooked downtown. And so we began actually 10 years ago this month, we celebrated 10 years ago, two weeks back. And it was, uh, we thought we would go from Passover to Pentecost and, um, really the goal was just to pray for the city. And so we, we started gathering, uh, just people that were down there that had a heart for prayer, a heart for Oak Lawn. And uh, seven weeks in, uh, this God kind of sovereignly and supernaturally birthed this core group of people that were hungry for a new type of community in that area. And and again, that goal was just to to create a place first and foremost for God's presence and use prayer as a means for that. So just to to partner with Him. And and it was it was lowly beginnings. We we I was selling insurance at the time. I'd just gotten married and. Uh, uh, and and so I, I didn't have big aspirations to to start you know a, a prayer movement worship movement or what you see or hear. I just I did have a, a little prophetic history going into uh, that prayer meeting where we felt like the upper room narrative in scripture was important and that the Lord was establishing an upper room in downtown Dallas. So that really piqued my attention when we had this invitation because he had been speaking to us about that in seasons past, and so. We said yes, the business owner said yes, and that little yes has now turned into a number of people saying yes, and there's this beautiful community that's emerged. Um, I think one of the unique things as well in the early days, Michael, the Lord said, don't mark it. So we we did not, I, I didn't name it Upper Room. It was called Upper Room because, again, it was a description of the room. Um, we didn't have a website. We didn't have media. We didn't promote anything for about six years. We we had no, the Lord was just very clear that he wanted to market. And so that really, I think in my heart, I died to a lot. I died to a lot of the kind of strategies that we lean on, whether it be media, promotion, gathering people. And the Lord was just whittling me down and he was saying, am I enough? 
like truly ministering to me and creating a place for me, a resting place for me. Is that enough for you, Michael Miller? And I had been trained, you know, in, in so many gifts and how to reach people and preach. And, you know, I was confident in all those things. It was like the Lord was just stripping me down saying, no, I, I, I've, I've called you to build my house and I'm going to do it my way. And I'm looking for a leader that will first and foremost be a follower of me. And, and man, I, I just, I got branded with Psalms 27, four and, and Psalms 132 and just text about that one thing, devotion and desire. And man, we haven't changed the subject in 10 years. I've been banging that key, whether it was 10 of us or, you know, 10,000, I, I, I am going to bang that key. I think it's, it's the simplicity of our pursuit and it's a person. And so I just want to get leaders specifically back to that, that, that singular clear vision of Jesus and Jesus alone. He's our only option in this hour, man. And there's just so many mixed messages around him. And I feel like he's tearing the scaffolding down and really, really putting our eyes on this one, one, one man. Amen. Amen, man. You're really, you're really singing my heart song. And I love that. I love that the Lord said that to you. Am I enough for you? That's interesting. I actually, I wrote a book and that's a chapter in my book, um, is Jesus enough. And it's, it's based on an encounter I had. I had two encounters with the Lord and I first got saved, saved to Christ for the nations. I, I share about it on one of my first podcasts, but where I was, you know, on the mission field and I was in Malaysia and there was, you know, I was in a hut and there was a little girl singing at a tune and four strings and a six string guitar and, it didn't sound good, you know, but the glory and the presence of the Lord was there. And this, this man in a wheelchair with nothing but skin and bones, lifting his hands, crying. And the Lord said to me, son, if you never have a book, if you never have a stage, if nobody ever knows your name, if you never preach the gospel, if around the world, but let's say I have you as a missionary here the rest of your life and no one knows you, am I enough for you? And and those in those moments with those questions, I just I just died to even the things that God spoke to me. He showed me a vision of preaching to the multitudes and I first got saved and it was a promise. It was a promise of the Lord to me, but he was he said to me, like, son, if those things never happen, like, am I enough for you? And I, I died to even the things that he told me I would do. And um I believe it, it, it you know, it's it's in that place where Jesus becomes central, he becomes everything, and nothing else matters. And I just believe you know, you know, you know, the scriptures say that he, he pours grace on the humble and he exalts the humble. And I just, you know, when Jesus is everything, it's amazing, the fruit and the power and kind of what comes from it. And then now you're walking in his favor, not your own strength, not your own abilities. And so, man, I just, that was one reason why I wanted to have you on the show so much and talk to you is because I just love your heart and I love the heart of the ministry, you know, and this is, this is something I'd love to get into. Like even, man, you, your, your church is filled with young adults. So when I walk into upper room, these people are just madly in love with Jesus, just young people madly in love with Jesus. And this is something that so many people are concerned about college age, you know, uh, you know, people walking away from the Lord. Like how, what do you feel like has really captured these young people to kind of, you know, flood in every Sunday all week long at six in the morning? I'm like, there's people there at six in the morning weeping before the Lord. Like, what do you think the Lord is doing right now in this hour? Yeah, I, I, uh. I, I've been amazed at 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 how hungry, specifically millennials, uh, are for the Lord. Um, I, I think there's there's a a real a real desire for um, authenticity. I think there's a desire um, for 
um, man, I, I, the presence of Jesus, what we're, what we're talking about. I, I think when, when Jesus is, when the scaffolding is removed, um, I see a generation that's really looking for the real thing, like this deconstruction movement right now that's taking place. So many kids that grew up in evangelical church are deconstructing uh, what they didn't like. And I think a lot of it's worth some of it, not a lot, some of it's worth deconstructing. Like they've got a point um, and, and I'm not going to get into it, but they've got a point, but when they deconstruct, what are they seeing? What's presented before them? And what I'm learning is when Jesus, the simplicity and beauty of the gospel and the person of Christ is presented and there's an environment where leaders are sensitive to the Holy Spirit and people are given the freedom to respond to him and worship him and encounter him. Man, their hearts come alive. It's what they're looking for. And, uh, and so I've, I've seen that happen specifically in worship. We see more young adults get saved in worship. And I think what they're, they're encountering is they're seeing people truly love God and that's provoking to them. It's people engaging and loving and beholding him. And, and I feel that that expression of love is confronting people's former paradigms. And, uh, and when they get in that environment, man, it, it's irresistible. I just see them, the Lord, the Lord introduce himself to them. The Lord, again, just, just cut through a lot of unbelief and hardness. And, and when that happens, I, I, I think they will show up at 6am for prayer meetings. They'll, they'll give their lives to it. And so we're, we're seeing literally hundreds of millennials um, enter into this lifestyle of, of, of prayer and worship and, um, and then going out and really transforming culture from that place. So uh, that's a loaded question. I probably could answer it a number of ways, but <laughs> um, yeah, I think they're, they're really, I think this generation's asking a lot of hard questions, but I don't think Jesus is, is, is withdrawing from them. I think Jesus is ready to, to transcend our reasoning and our different offenses and really encounter hearts. Uh, so I, I think that's, that's one of the primary things he's doing with the worship movement right now. Yeah. I love, um, you know, you talk about, you're not trying to build anything. You weren't trying to market anything. You know, you just wanted to host his presence. You just wanted a community centered around the glory and the presence of God. And you know, the scriptures talk about if Jesus is lifted up, he draws all people unto himself. And that's, that's really the focus of Upper Room. You guys are just lifting him up, yeah. magnifying him, exalting him, dwelling in his presence. And then the Holy Spirit is wooing and drawing people to this movement, the right people. And then just young, broken people, maybe, you know, maybe addicts, maybe suicidal, maybe, you know, um, you know, depressed, miserable, you know, just uh, rejected, you know, and they're, and they're coming in and they're encountering something so pure and, and so true. And I've come in even during testimony times and baptisms and heard of the amazing things like what are, and I don't know if you could even, I don't know, this is probably a hard question because you've seen so many amazing things, but, um, what are some stories that maybe are a story that sticks out to you about some you know, people's lives recently being transformed at Upper Room Church? Yeah, I was thinking um, just in regards to testimonies uh, around prayer and people coming to the Lord in prayer. There was a, a young, he's probably in his late 20s, uh, a guy from the Middle East who was over here getting his MBA. 
um, from a university in Dallas and an associate of his uh, invited him to come to church. And he was, I, I, I think he was actually looking for a wife and we have a lot of young single girls. And so he yeah. brought him and the first service he came to, uh, it was a little overwhelming. Um, it was a Sunday service and just intense. I was watching him and uh, he was, it was just, it was a lot. And so uh, he was processing with his friend and his friend said, well, you know, they pray throughout the week and, and he, that fits his grid. So they pray five times a day. And, um, and he thought, well, I, I can pray. I know how to do that. I'm going to go to a prayer service. And so I was in the prayer meeting when he came, I didn't know he was coming, but there are probably five of us in the room plus the worship team and, and prayer leader. And it was a one thirty, I think on a, on a, it would have been a Wednesday afternoon. And I saw him yeah. come in and sat on the front row. And uh, as, as, as the worship team started honing in on just this characteristic of the Lord, um, it, was, it was surrounding his lordship. They were declaring that, worshiping. And, uh, and I remember the prayer leader was praying for people who didn't know him as Lord. And then I watched the prayer leader come off the stage, go and sit by him, lay hands on him. He took his jacket off. He fell on his knees. And man, he gave his life to the Lord right there in a prayer meeting. And, uh, and he described it just as he described it as I was coming to prayer. I was going to do what I typically do. And they started praying around Jesus being Lord. It caught my attention. Um, I felt a a warmth in my head and it went to my toes. And then the little girl who is a trusted intercessor prayer leader, a dear friend of ours went over and really sensed the Lord was on this, this, this guy and started praying for him and led him to the Lord. So uh, we've seen that happen a number of times in the place of prayer. So it, it's just, it's kind of, it's kind of tweaked me a little bit, seeing prayer as a form of evangelism, but um, <laughs> it, 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 again, it's just, it's Jesus. It's the presence of Jesus. And, and when, yeah. when people encounter that, he's irresistible. Well, Jesus is the greatest evangelist and it's his, it's his presence that is the hunger of every single human being. We're all created for the presence of God and without his presence, we are broken. You know, we can't, we can't fill that hole with anything. You know, you could try drugs, you could try perversion, you can try food, you can try whatever it may be, shopping, clothes, material things, jobs, notoriety. You could try to fill that hole, but it's it's Jesus that we were uh, born to know and walk with the Holy Spirit in the presence of our Father. And without that, you know, we're, we're always going to be searching. And I just love that, you know, when I when I walk into Upper Room, you know, you, you don't need to work it up at all. The presence is just there in a manifest way. And it's just so easy to connect with the Lord. And, you know, for me at Christ for the Nations and with Heidi in Mozambique and in my travels, it's 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 the, it's those times in prayer that the Lord has built, you know, he, he built me up. He deconstructed some things. He formed me. He spoke life-changing words to me. He laid a foundation in prayer and the word. And this is what you guys are doing. And instead of just preaching all the time about how to be a good Christian and what we need to do, you know, uh, it's, it's just showing the world Jesus. And when you fall in love with Jesus, you'll go anywhere mm. and you'll do anything. And I, mm. <laughs> I just love yeah, that. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. It's yeah. so cool. That That's cool. Were, were, were you in uh, Mozambique, I guess? You mentioned Heidi. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I went to, I went through Harvest School. Um, wow. When was this? 2012. Okay, great. I went through Harvest School in 2012 and then I went back um, for a year and a half and I staffed Harvest School 
And Heidi actually gave me a ring. I met my wife in Mozambique. I was a staff member. She was a student. Heidi gave me a ring to propose. We proposed in Mozambique and I proposed in Mozambique. We got married uh, about seven months later. <laughs> and so, Oh, that's awesome. Good for you, man. Oh, Great yeah. Fun. I love Iris, I love man. Heidi. She's so... Yeah. They're beautiful people. Well, that's cool. Absolutely. Great. Absolutely. Great. And man, I just heard Upper Room's new worship album, man. I heard I heard Upper Room's new worship album. Like, can you tell me a little bit about that? I love it. My wife, she won't listen to anything else right now. And so I want people to get their hands on uh, on Upper Room's <laughs> album and, and listen to it. Um, can, can you tell us how people can get connected with that and just the heart behind it? Yeah, I think it's on all the, the, the platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, and it's Upper Room, one word. And the title of this album is Land of the Living. We, we, had, uh, we had been working on this project for uh, about six months, I think. We've got, we had a ton of songs in the queue, and we, we, we try to release one album a year. And so we were looking at releasing it in May. Um, and so the album had been ready. And when the pandemic hit and things shut down, we thought, man, Land of the Living needs to be released immediately. And so the first week of quarantine, we were ready to go and and uh, and put it up. And it's it's been it's been such a such a cool uh, it's been such a cool offering to the Lord for um, for people to sing these songs in the midst of this pandemic being quarantined. Um, Cody wrote a song, uh, I'll see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He wrote another song called into the battle. Your name is breakthrough. Um, and it just has, it has a lot of songs for this season. Um, uh, and so rest on us is the, the, the opening, um, track that Elissa, um, wrote. It's one of my favorites on there. It's just about the Holy spirit coming and resting on us. It was written by, I believe, Brandon Lake from Bethel. And then some of the Maverick City guys, Alton Jean, and uh, maybe Dante was on it too. But they they wrote actually the second verse, which says, "Fire and wind, come and do it again. Open up the gates, let heaven on in." And when they wrote it, they they reached out to Elissa and they said, "We we wrote this this line, and we just think it is for the upper room." And uh, and so Elissa took that and finished out the song. But it's the second verse. It's probably one of my favorite verses um of a song that we've written and it just has so much life on it fire and wind come and do it again open up the gates let heaven on in and really really has has been a a some healthy upper room so we love it man it's just uh i i love the hearts behind the songs and knowing these artists and the lifestyle that they're living and where these songs are birthed from it's just beautiful so um thanks for mentioning that that's that's really cool i'm glad it's blessing your wife yeah me too it's blessing me as well but every time i come home it's just like i it's just that upper room all the time my <laughs> wife she can't when she when she gets stuck on an album man she absolutely loves it it's blessing me so much too man but and so one thing i want to do as we as we close this out is i i really feel in my heart and i feel prophetically that there's People in this season that um, have been have been hurting, they've been focusing on the wrong things. There's been fear. I just feel like some people's relationships with the Lord, like they've been focusing on other things and kind of trapped in fear. And I just feel like if you want to minister to and speak into, I just feel like so many people maybe are just turned away from their first love and don't really know how to reignite that again. And people that have just been trapped and they're trying to get out of just, even even if it's just mental games and lies and, and fears kind of 
um, of what's taken place, man. I'd love for you to just speak into that. And if you feel led to pray, you know, just total freedom, man. Yeah, thank you. I, I as you're talking, the thing that's 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 burning in my heart is is the scripture that you started out with. It's the one thing, and and I think we we can get focused on a lot of things. We can be overwhelmed by um, many things, but when when we have that singular eye for the one thing, uh, he he tends to deliver us from all those other things. And so I just. I just want to want to tell anyone listening that 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 Jesus sees them, that Jesus uh, Jesus is as close to them as ever, and if they will turn their hearts to Him right now and just say His name, it says when we draw near to Him, He draws near to us, and and just just confess, Lord, I've pursued other things, and I want to set this one thing before my heart. And then, and then for me, the way that I posture myself in, in times like that, I, I give thanks. I think Thanksgiving is such a little, little activity, but it, it opens up the big door of our hearts to encounter him. So just to give him thanks, give him thanks that, that he gave you the breath to give him thanks. Just, just get to yeah. the simplicity of, um, of, of your life and thank him for those things. And then, and then I would just encourage you to, to, to do that until you feel your heart come alive in that moment. Um, it, it really is most likely a hardness of heart where we've just closed our heart off and insulated. And I think Thanksgiving will open up a heart that the Holy Spirit can calm and just stoke those emotions, affections, those desires uh, for your true desire, which is, which is Jesus. And so he, he, he sees you. He knows you. Um, I believe you're going to taste his goodness even through this podcast. And so I just want to want to declare that Jesus is enough, that Jesus is not a means to any other end, that Jesus is the means to Jesus, <laughs> that everything is about him, unto him, for him. Things are moving towards him. Jesus is the goal of your life. He's the target. He's the point. He's the focus. Jesus is truly your all in all. <laughs> and so I just declare that over you, that he is sufficient for you and for your heart and for every need that you have, for every desire that's inside of you, Jesus Christ is sufficient. He's the beginning, he's the end, and he's all all consuming of everything in between. And just put your life between, uh, just put your life in, in the zeal of his love for you. And I just declare that, man, you're gonna get delivered right now in the name of Jesus. that he's sufficient. So, um, yes, that's, <laughs> that's getting me going, man. <laughs> uh, I literally, as you said, delivered, I, I, I saw in the spirit, just lies, just that we're clinging to people's hearts, just being completely eradicated, just being tore off of people's hearts and the truth and the light of the Holy spirit, just coming in, obliterating every single lie. And so thank you, Lord. We love you, and I just thank you for resting upon every single person listening right now. Thank you for flooding their heart, their spirit, their imagination with truth, dispelling every single lie of the enemy in the mighty name of Jesus, and that they would see Jesus afresh and anew in this season, and they would fall more in love with him than ever before. And I just thank you, God, for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Woo. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Amen. Awesome. Praise God. Yeah, man. Wow. And so, yeah, it's so it's it's such on. a joy. It's such a joy, that's man. The happy. How, how do people connect, <laughs> man? 
How do people connect with your ministry more, Upper Room, and obviously Land of the Living is on Spotify and iTunes and all that. How do people connect with Upper Room more? Yeah, upperroom.co. Uh, that's our that's our movement site. Uh, we have different campuses. We have one in Dallas. We have one north of Dallas in Frisco. We have one in Denver, Colorado. We have one in New Delhi, India. Um, and so, yeah, there's there's a lot happening. You can check it out online and uh, Instagram, all that stuff. So. Yeah, it's cool. Thanks for thanks for having me, man. I really, really love your heart and just sense the purity of, of what you're doing and leading out. So, man, God bless this podcast. It's really, really been an honor to be on it. Thank you, man, for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with me. I really appreciate it, Michael. Well, let's be honest, bro. We're we're all quarantined, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. We all have a little <laughs> bit more time on our I hands busy, than we man. usually do. I'm I'm still in my I'm in my house shoes. <laughs> my, 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 I mean, I'm not yeah. doing much, bro. I'm yeah. the vegetable garden, and uh, so no, it, it's an honor. It's Praise an honor. the Lord, it man. really is an honor. Awesome. Love to do it again. Awesome, man. Awesome. All right, thank you guys so much for listening to Awaken Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, review the podcast so this can get out to more people, so they can be blessed, encouraged, and strengthened by the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Bless you guys, and I'll see you next time on Awaken Podcast.